Well, hi, welcome to the One Thing podcast, where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try. Yeah, and we're we're just laying some foundational bricks in these first few episodes. So if you're just joining us, then you you haven't missed too much, but you're welcome to go back and listen to the earlier episodes. And the brick, foundational brick we're laying today is the simplicity of the golden rule. You know, sometimes we forget how simple a foundation can be, especially when they're, it's built brick by brick. And the golden rule, we you may have, you, you know, it's in most spiritual and religious uh, philosophies, which is just do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. And I was thinking just before we jumped on air that this is actually tied into what we sow, we reap. So if, if we don't want to have anything stolen from us, then we wouldn't want to steal from another. If we wouldn't want to, you know, be treated unkindly, we wouldn't want to treat another unkindly. So that's just sort of a couple of examples in terms of the simplicity of the golden rule. Do unto others as one would have done unto them. And it's also an ethical principle in a lot of religious traditions. We're not talking about it from a religious perspective necessarily, but just from a, a humanity perspective, being in the world um, as one who has that consideration at the forefront of their mind. And David has uh, a, a variation on the golden rule. Yes, and actually before I say that variation, I love what you added about the connection between the golden rule and what, what you sow, you shall reap. And so there's an interesting thing for us to kind of add in right there, which is that the golden rule is very much tied into the law of karma. Yeah. Yeah. The law of the circle, what, you know, what goes around comes around, what we sow, we reap. And so it's, uh, it's worth having a, a conscious relationship with this with this golden rule mm -hmm. and i love david's um consideration another angle about this too yeah so the the version of the golden rule that i do my best to live is not so much doing unto others as i would have them do unto me but doing unto others what would feel like love to them as long as it would feel loving for me to offer those, uh, those things in that way. And the reason that I refine it that way is because I run the risk of falling into kind of a narcissistic trap where if I treat other people the way I want to be treated, that isn't necessarily what's going to feel like love to them. So no matter which way we, we talk about it, it's, it's really the same thing. It's really about treating others with, with love and respect and in ways that do feel like love to them. The other thing that I want to add about the variation on the golden rule is that it's not just simply a rule. For me, even on a more fundamental level, it's a promise mm -hmm. that when I am aligned with the one thing, I can't help but treat others as they would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's it's a bit of a, uh, it's tending a reciprocity in some ways. It's like tending the hearth of reciprocity. And tending the one thing, um, it, it, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, right? Aren't we? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to go on to that right now. So thank you for that variation. And 
I think that we, it's important for us to talk about, like when we think about remembering or bringing back online something, we always have to think about, well, what would cause me to lose my balance with that or, or not be able to be in a good alignment with that. And so one of the things that David and I were talking about on our walk on Sunday was judgment. And so judgment, you know, just being judgmental of everything <laughs> is one of the things that would be a block towards us having access to practicing reciprocity in, in the golden rule or doing unto others, trying to align with what might feel like love to another person or to a community or to, you know, a worldly happening. So, um, yeah, do you want to start with your your thinking about judgment before we go much further and you just yeah sure so judgment is one of those words that has different definitions depending on who you're talking to and so being a psychologist i was exposed a long long time ago early in my career to a an approach to psychotherapy that's uh, that's called Rogerian or non-directive psychotherapy. Uh, Rogerian being after named after the the person who one of the people who developed it, Carl Rogers, and one of the principles of that approach, that kind of non um, non um, judging approach, <laughs> mm -hmm. uses the term non-judgmental, and what being non-judgmental basically means is that I don't sit in uh, in as judge and jury of another person or oneself Not, that's it. Or, or oneself sure sure and that that kind of approach I think is very very important at the same time what I've seen in my profession is the shadow side of being non-judgmental which is being non-discerning it's like anything is fine. Like being is, a doormat, yeah. Yeah, being a doormat, being indulgent, um, being, being non-judgmental the way we mean it is, uh, is about making sure that we're in that kind of loving place where we're treating others as they want to be treated with, uh, while, while not giving up our own boundaries, our own, uh, our own sense of what fits and doesn't fit for us. Mm -hmm. So discernment is the contrast to judgment. Judgment the way we mean it is not something that's helpful to, re to remaining connected with the one thing. Whereas discernment is very helpful because without discernment, then when we get an intuitive impression, we, we can't tell whether that really came from our higher guidance or it came from our fear or our programming or our ego or whatever. So that distinction between judgmental and discerning is a very important distinction. Agreed, agreed. And, you know, just being one of the things to practice is being present to oneself to just notice how often one judges everything, self, others, happenings it's it's just like one of the first places a human a lower human ego mind goes to and um when it comes to the golden rule the idea of the golden rule and balancing that and, and having a choice point between choosing um 
doing unto others or, you know, just having an awareness of what we sow, we reap for that reciprocity and that exchange of love in, a, in, the, in life, that choice point or a judgment choice point, I have found requires my connection with life. This, like, I can't, I can't, I can't be in a good relationship with that choice point without my connection to the one thing. And so what we've been calling the one thing is any address that works for you that represents the source of all life that feels both, both personal and universal. And so that, um, that it's the same, like we're, if we're a microcosm of the macrocosm and cultivating that relationship. And David, you said it earlier, when we're in alignment, when we're in connection with that energy, let's just call it that, then way more often than not, we have the capacity to choose a loving choice versus a judgmental, unkind, you know, kind of, kind of option. And um, so do you have anything else you want to say on that? No, I think you said it really well. <laughs> okay, well, episode over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's just really, to us, uh, to you and me, it's, it's really important that we monitor whether we're sitting in judgment of a person or a group or a situation that's occurring. Mm -hmm. Because when I, when I sit in judgment of myself or another person or a group or a situation, I cannot do that and be connected with the one thing at the same moment. I can't do both exactly. at the same time. Exactly. When we're disconnected to the one thing, we don't have access to possibilities or something that could be impactful for the situation in the moment. And so it, it, it really behooves us to practice being in that connection and witnessing and being in self-observation for when judgment comes up. And actually, I have found that when I literally offer the judgment that I'm experiencing in a split second to the one thing, it changes my experience of the judgment. It's almost like it transforms it in some way when I'm truly willing, you know, when I'm really surrendering it to, to the one thing, then there's a transformation that happens. All this happens really, really quick. And then I have access to something that is along the lines of a golden rule or a loving um, offer to, to someone that feels like love to them. So. Right. And that's the shift uh, from judgment to uh, asking inwardly yeah. to be shown how to look at myself or, or this other person or this situation or this group through the eyes of love rather than through the eyes of judgment, remembering again as the footnote that we're not talking about giving up discernment we're simply about simply talking about shifting from standing in judgment over uh, you know an arrogant ego position into a loving position that exactly. still retains our own boundaries exactly and you said it's not about giving up discernment nor is it about giving up our humanity rather it's about um, requesting that our humanity and our sacred self or our humanity and our divinity come in a, into a closer relationship for the best choice in the moment, whether that's to say something or not say something or offer or just stand by, whatever the thing is. I have come to really understand that I can't know the, that broader perspective. I can't know that 
that larger understanding when I'm in my my lower human ego mind in judgment. Um, but I can be an instrument or a vessel of of life herself flowing through me to the thing that's happening when I offer myself as an, in opening that way. And that requires yes. me to release judgment. <laughs> yes, yes. That reminds me of one of my favorite prayers, which is, I don't know what this is for. <laughs> because when I'm, when I'm standing in judgment, I'm in an arrogant state where I think in my se seemingly separated ego state that I know what things are for. I don't know. I know what a situation is for. I know what it means, what, what needs to be done. And that is exactly what interferes with my connection with the one thing. In fact, when I'm in that state of arrogance, that's my clue. That's my warning buzzer that mm -hmm. says I have temporarily disconnected from my connection with the one thing. Exactly. And all of these are can be what David just said, all those things that David just said, and you know what we're talking about can be felt in our bodies. Our bodies are an incredible uh, GPS mechanism, so to speak, or a guidance system. And when I'm in judgment or disconnection or arrogance, there's a tension in my body. Mm -hmm. And when I have surrendered or aligned with life or, you know, given uh, requested divinity to come and meet my humanity, however you want to put those words, there's a, there's a lightness, there's an opening, there's a softness, which is in exact, and there's an ease to it, which is the exact opposite of the tension that we feel when we're in judgment or, or um, what was the other word we're using? Arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, we, we would like to invite you to play with over the time until we come back together this, um, well, why don't you tell them? Sweetie? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the, the value takeaway for today that Lori was just starting to say that we would like to invite you to play with between now and the next episode, and, and maybe even beyond that, is to simply practice discerning, recognizing, knowing the difference in any given moment between um, judgment and being aligned with the golden rule. Judgment as we're using the word judgment, not, not discernment, but judgment. Uh, and uh, choosing, making, making a habit of, of checking in, oh, am I, am I viewing this situation through the eyes of love, through the eyes of the one thing right now, or am I viewing this situation through the, uh, through the eyes of ego judgment? recognizing which it is, not judging ourselves if we catch ourselves in the judging state, but simply saying, oh, yeah, I shifted. I've, I've temporarily disconnected my consciousness from the one thing, and I'm choosing now to reconnect with the one thing to see how I or this other person or this situation or this group or this cause or this issue looks through the eyes of the one thing, through the eyes of the golden rule, rather than through the eyes of ego judgment. So that's that's the uh, the the takeaway. The thing we'd like to have you practice being mindful about without judging yourself for. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's okay. I, it took me a long time to give myself permission for this. And and the, this is, it's okay to pause or take a breath if you're trying to 
come to a, a, a choice point. Is this judgment or is this my, my connect? What, what, what's the right thing here? And it, it may feel a little clunky in the beginning and that's okay. Just be willing to um, be in that trial and error sort of practice. And maybe you even need to say in the moment to a person or whatever the circumstances are, you know, I just need a minute to sort of gather my thoughts so that I can make a good response here. I, I think that someone would appreciate that way more than a, you know, half-cocked, lit-up response that most likely carries judgment in, in, in it. <laughs> and so, probably is going to require repair later. Repair later, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong with that. But the practice is, is to to back it up a little bit and give yourself that choice point and allow yourself permission for it to be a little wobbly in the beginning and ask for, take a pause or a breath or ask for a little extra space if you need it, like give yourself that. Yeah. And just as a side piece connected to that, you're reminding me of a very important lesson that I was given by a mentor of mine decades ago, which was that in any situation, there aren't two choices, yes or no. There are three choices, yes, no, or wait. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what you're talking about is the wait option in any given moment. If I don't know what my higher guidance is, then the most loving thing I can do is to take a moment, take a time out uh, to see what I can discern about that. And the most transparent thing I can say to someone is, what you were just saying, right. uh, which is, I need a moment. I, I need a moment to check in. Right. And that's, I think, a really underrated choice in our in our Western culture that does, you know, demands quick response and constant movement. And so, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, even if one just practices that, that might be worth it in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you've got two takeaways from today. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Well, so our next episode is going to be, we're going to be in this inquiry and conversation about is the universe uh, inherently loving and benevolent? And is the energy of the universe inherently loving and benevolent or not? So uh, yeah, so we hope that you join us. And until next time, remember to dance with your better half. 